Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Childish Behavior, the mythical adventures of two spastastic family pastors. Welcome to Childish Behavior with Aaron and Rick. Hello! This is our special November Ween edition. Um, why are we at a campfire? I want to tell spooky stories around the campfire. So I thought, why not have a campfire? Um, I don't like spooky stories. Oh, come on. Really? I don't want to be scared. I don't like that. I like being scared. You've never sat around a campfire and told spoopy stories? Uh, not intentionally. Oh, come on, Aaron. All right, so this is what we're going to do. we got to set the mood, all right? got to get a s'more. So here's some marshmallows. And you got to... Um, are these gluten-free marshmallows? Yes. <laughs> I think technically all marshmallows are gluten-free. <laughs> uh, yes. Um... <laughs> That's the spoopy part. They might not be. Woo! And then Aaron had gastrointestinal issues. Woo! Anyways. We're out here at Camp Crystal Lake, and we are... Wait, Crystal Lake? By, yeah, by the campfire. And we're going to tell a story, and I'm going to start us off with our first spoopy story entitled The Purple Gorilla. I already don't like it. <laughs> when I was younger, I had an old pickup truck that didn't run very well. I was constantly needing to repair it, but I couldn't afford anything better. One evening, I was driving home from a camping trip out in the mountains, and it started sputtering, which was not a good sign. It would soon stop running. Luckily, there was a farm up ahead, so I pulled in and stopped. I knocked on the door and asked the farmer if I could use his phone to call for help. Unfortunately, he didn't have a phone way out there in the countryside. So I asked him if I could spend the night in his barn, maybe use his tools to fix my truck in the morning. Now you know how farmers are, always willing to help folks out and all. So he said that he would, and it would be just fine. He even invited me in to have dinner before turning in for the night. We had a nice dinner of beef, potatoes, and beans. Man, it was good. And then he showed me into the barn so I could lay out my sleeping bag on the straw. It was a real nice barn, and I was sure I'd get a good night's sleep. But just as he was leaving, he said, There's one thing I figured I should tell you about. So he took me over to a pile of straw and pushed it out of the way, revealing a trap door in the floor. He grabbed the iron ring on the door and pulled it up. There I saw stairs heading down into the dark and I followed the farmer down the stairs. And at the bottom of the stairs there was a large oak door with an iron bolt. The farmer pushed the bolt across and we walked on. A few yards farther on the clear door made of bulletproof glass 12 inches thick it had a combination lock. I watched as the farmer opened it. 12, 23, 7. And then he swung the door open. Past the door was a huge cage made of three inch round titanium bars. But that wasn't what caught my eye. 
What I saw was a huge monster in the cage. It was gigantic. It was covered with purple fur, and it was asleep. The farmer said, This is what I need to show you. This is my purple gorilla, and you've got to promise me, I mean really promise me, that you will not touch him. Well, I thought I was about the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard. And of course, I'm not going to touch a giant purple gorilla. Come on, please. And so I promised him, and I thanked him for showing me his secret. Then we made our way back to the surface. He closed the glass door. He spun the lock. He closed the steel door. He closed the oak door. Slid the bolt back in place. And he climbed the stairs. And then dropped the trap door closed. Then he spread straw back over the trap door to hide it. Well, I was tired, so I laid out my sleeping bag and hit the hay. <laughs> you get it? And the farmer went back to the house. But I just couldn't stop thinking about that purple gorilla. What a magnificent creature. I wonder why the farmer didn't want me to touch it. Hmm. It was asleep. So what was the harm? What would happen? I mean, if he was asleep, finally my curiosity got the best of me and I couldn't fight it any longer. I jumped up and went over and brushed the straw from the trap door. I grabbed the iron ring on the door and I pulled it up. I went down the stairs. I pushed the bolt on the oak door. I pulled the door open and I walked through and walked on. I came up to the 12 inch thick bulletproof glass door and I opened the combination. Lock 12, 23, 7 and then swung the door open. I walked up to the huge cage made out of three-inch round titanium bars and gazed at the purple gorilla that was still fast asleep. I reached out my hand and softly touched his fur. And he immediately jumped up and let out a blood-curdling roar, turning to the, and staring at me with huge blood-red eyes. Needless to say, I tore out of there as fast as I could. When I got to the glass door, I could heal the gorilla tearing the bars in the cage. I turned around just in time to see him ripping and bending the bars and forcing his way through. I closed the glass door. I spun the lock. I ran on just as I was closing the still door. I heard the gorilla hit the glass and it shattered into a million shards. I lowered the crossbar. I ran on and I slammed the oak door shut. Just as the still door exploded off its hinges, I slid the bolt door in place and scurried up the stairs. And just as I was dropping the trap door, the oak door disintegrated into slivers no bigger than a toothpick. It didn't bother spreading the straw over the trap door. Instead, I ran to my truck, hoping to escape. I opened the truck door and the straw and the wood flew out of the door of the barn. The trap door was plunged across the farmland off of its hinges the gorilla leapt into the barnyard he saw me as I jumped in the truck and he tried to get it he started running towards me as I tried to get the truck started I turned the key and I could see the gorilla running across the yard towards me the truck didn't start it would not start I tried again and this time the engine turned over and came to life just as I was putting the truck into gear, the purple gorilla reached in the door, grabbed the handle, and ripped the door completely off the truck. 
I stomped the gas. The engine raced, but nothing happened. The gorilla had lifted the truck off the ground. I was helpless as I sat there helplessly. That enormous purple gorilla reached into the cab, stretched out his giant hairy hand towards me. He grabbed my arm and said, Tag, you're it. Let's play again. That, that was, that was the, that was the worst story ever. No, it was awesome. I, I hated it. You gotta admit that you were scared, just a little. And that's why I hated it. <laughs> Duh. Now you're gonna dream about purple gorillas. So, do you think you could help me with this one? I can. I just so happened to, in my bug out bag, have a copy of this really cool story that keeps me up at night. Um, I will narrate the story and you can fill in these parts that I've highlighted articulately with a purple highlighter. Well, I'll try to read it over the campfire. Well, just lean in close, but don't <laughs> let the script catch on fire, okay? Oh, there one. <laughs> now, this is a real horror story. And then he pulled his hand back, and there were fourth degree burns. Yeah, try not to, yeah we'll, we'll have lots and lots of aloe. Then I'll just slather all over it. The Boy Scout way, always be prepared. Okay, this story is entitled... And now, I'm going to eat you. I already hate it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Like, it was a dark <clears throat> and stormy night. And a man came into the hotel lobby soaking wet and said, Give me a room. I'm sorry, said the death clerk. We only have one room, and it's haunted. I don't care, said the man. I don't believe in ghosts. The clerk said, all right. I warned you, sir. The man grabbed his key, went up the stairs, and laid on his bed. Read his newspaper and heard a voice. Got you where I want you. Now I'm going to eat you. The man went. Eek! Jumped out the window and ran away. About an hour later, a wrestler came in to the hotel office. Give me a room, you pencil neck. Yeah. The clerk said, I'm sorry, we only have one room left, but it's haunted. I ain't afraid of no pencil neck ghost. Give me the key or I'll slam you. The clerk said, all right. I warned you, sir as he hesitantly gave him the key. The wrestler went up to the room, started flexing his muscles in the mirror. Yeah. And after a minute, there came a voice. Got you where I want you, now I'm gonna eat you. The wrestler went, Eek. He jumped out the window and ran away. After about an hour, a kid came into the office. Hey, mister, I need a room. I'm sorry, said the clerk. There's only one room left, and it's haunted. I don't care, said the kid. I need a room. All right, said the hotel clerk. 
I warned you. And he gave him the key. The kid went upstairs to lay on the bed, watch a little TV, and then he heard a voice. Got you where I want you, now I'm gonna eat ya. The kid turned off the TV and looked around. Got you where I want ya, now I'm gonna eat ya. The kid was startled. He got up off the bed. He started to look around. Got you where I want ya, now I'm gonna eat ya. The voice was coming from the closet. Got you where I want ya, now I'm gonna eat ya. The kid walked over to the closet, shakily putting his hand on the doorknob. Got you where I want ya, now I'm gonna eat ya. The kid slowly opened the door to the closet. Got you where I want ya, now I'm gonna eat ya. And inside the closet, there was a... There was a... Monkey with a finger in his nose. And he pulled out a giant, nasty, slimy booger and said, Got you where I want ya, now I'm gonna eat ya. Ah! That was scary, dude. It was disgusting and disturbing. How did that kid get a room without a credit card? (laughs) Negligent parents. Negligent hotel clerk. I can't even, like, think about a hotel room without having a credit card. He he put a kid in a haunted room with the windows broken out. I mean, like, this guy... I mean, someone needs to yelp about this hotel. Maybe the guy was just tired of having everybody jump out of his window that he's like, Whatever, I'll kid. take any money that I can get so I can repair the windows. <laughs> I, I think I can do this. <clears throat> okay. The pink jelly bean. At the end of a long, dark road is a long, dark path. At the end of the long, dark path is a lone, dark house. And the lone, dark house is a single, dark door. Behind the single dark door is a long dark hall. At the end of the long dark hall are some tall dark trees. At the top of the tall dark trees is a long dark balcony. The end of the long dark balcony is a big dark room. In the big dark room is a big dark closet. The big dark closet is a big dark door. Behind the big dark door are some steep dark stairs. At the top of the steep dark stairs is a dark dusty attic. In the dark dusty attic is a big dark chest. In the big dark chest is a small dark box. And in the small dark box is a Ah! I didn't know what was in that box. What's in the box? What's in the box? Uh, uh, That was kind of a Morgan Freeman, uh, Brad Pitt situation right there. I hate pink jelly beans. Yeah. Um, Hey, well, no. If they taste like bubble gum, then it's awesome. I don't like bubble gum. But just, I guess if you want... Why, why don't you just cut the middleman out and just get bubble gum? Like, I'm going to get a jelly bean that tastes like bubble gum and popcorn. Why don't you just get bubble gum and that's, just get popcorn? That's the true fear of the story, though, is that nobody wants that nasty pink jelly bean. So with all these things talking about fear, you know, it's kind of a big issue in ministry a lot of times is people have a lot of fears and they're not willing to try 
big great things because of their fears and i guess that that was probably your greater concept when you brought us out here to this campfire yeah man i i really do i i fears can keep us from from missing out on things and I, it, <clears throat> fear is natural it's a human thing and i i'd always look back at you know peter's interaction with jesus on the boat right his fear caused him from doing something with Jesus that no man has ever done before, like walking on water, right? And But I put myself in that same situation, and, and I would have done that too. I would look down, and I, I shouldn't be doing this, and I would doubt myself, and I would fall. And I think that's what fear, you know, does to us, is it is it 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 cheats us from what God can do in our yes. life, right? I get that. I get that. That's pretty good, man. Um, and I, I guess that's kind of me going through my, my fear of the ghost story, the spoopy stories. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's that. I couldn't come up with a cool story, couldn't do a cool story if I was just going to allow fear to, to hold me back. You know, and that's, that's the thing is in ministry, there are so many fears out there. The what ifs, the, the should I do this, should I do that? And sometimes we just got to fight through it and say, God's bigger than me. You know, as VeggieTales so greatly puts it, God is bigger yes. than the boogeyman, you know. So set your fears aside and just see that God can do great things. What's the word? This is Aaron bringing your What's the Word moment this week. I like to read Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehensions, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We need not be afraid. We need not to be anxious because Christ is with us. Even the demons know his name and tremble. We need not fear. Often we hold back because we think we're not good enough. We think we, we need to be this great, the greatest thing ever, and we don't have to be. We, it's okay for us to be imperfect. The reality of it is, is through God, we are made great and powerful. I'm nobody special, but with God, I can be made into something special. So that was a pretty good show today. I like this special we did. Yeah, man. Hey, can you tell our viewers out there, you know, where to catch us? Right now, you can find us in the middle of the woods. But uh, if you're on social media, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Childish Paper Podcast. And then on Twitter, we are at Childish Too because their stuff is short and we can't fit all that on there. Yeah. So check us out, like us, follow us, share us, whatever you want to do. We'd appreciate it. We're out here pretty far in the woods. And you know what, Aaron? I apologize. Me and you did a story, but I never let your buddy do a story. Buddy, I don't have a... It was just... We just drove out here together. It was just us no, two. But there's a guy that's been sitting right beside you on the log. See? Um, um, I'm out of here. <laughs> well, folks, um... Aaron forgot that uh, he was my ride. Uh, remember, uh, stay childish. Mister, can you show me back to the highway? That's a nice hockey mask. Hey, yeah, there. Uh, this is... Uh, Keith Ferguson, uh, in the legal department, I just have to tell you guys that, uh, childish behavior 
uh, Rick and Aaron, they don't uh, own the rights to these Boy Scout stories uh, or anything else, pretty much. We're going to have to set up a tattletale line, uh, so uh, be on the lookout for that. But uh, this is just so uh, nobody sues us. Uh, I gotta look out for these two knuckleheads. So, uh, have a good day. Oh, <laughs>